everybody. Welcome to the Francast. This is the show where we talk about everyone's favorite show from from the 90s, The Nanny. And I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Larry's here. Hello. Colleen is here. Hi. And we are beyond excited today. We have literally the namesake of the show is here to talk with us. We are so delighted to have Fran Drescher here on the Francast. Fran, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, we talked about when this show is going to start streaming, and I'm just so thrilled to, you know, let all your listeners know that we're going to be on HBO Max now. And you know what's so incredible? It's like, these are the, you know, original cuts of the show, which really hasn't been seen since 1999 when it was running in prime time because once it goes into syndication they chop out a lot of scenes to add more you know add advertising time so you're really seeing a very truncated version of each episode and most of my writers find it difficult watching it because often the way they chop it up just take so much out of the storytelling and and also the setups for certain jokes and things so this is really going to be an amazing opportunity for nanny fans to be able to see the show first of all with no commercials in its original cut and they could you know stream and binge as to their heart's content wow i didn't realize that that's so cool yeah it's really uh, a wonderful you know, opportunity. I mean, it distinguishes the streaming um, of the program, um, you know, against everything else that's could or would be available uh, anywhere else on, you know, TV. Mm -hmm. Well, let's dive into our questions because we are so excited about it being available for streaming. And the first question that I had for you was, so we've heard the story about you talking to Jeff Sagansky on uh, the plane uh, yeah. and pitching him, then pitching him the idea of the show later. So I was curious, were you really, were you nervous at all when that happened and talking to him or were you just uh, confident going, going into it? I think I was confident. I mean, I had already learned my life lesson not to let an opportunity pass me by because I begin to get in my own way, get insecure, and talk myself out of being a little more um, aggressive in a self-confident way uh, and seizing the opportunity. And uh, so in the past, whenever I did that, the feeling of regret was much worse than overriding my, you shouldn't do this button. And uh, so uh, by the time it was just so serendipitous that it was like, I, I, you know, I mean, it was, it was like a neon. This is your opportunity. So take it. Yeah. That's, that's so cool that you had the, the kind of confidence you weren't worried about bothering him or anything like that, but you just, you just chatted with him. Well, you know, I, my life is always taught me things life lessons and Mm -hmm. and that was one of them don't you know i mean uh, don't get in your way carpe diem yeah that's great 
Hi, Fran. My name is Larry. Hi, Larry. <laughs> Hello. So happy to be talking to you. Uh, yeah. So my question was particularly considering the AIDS pandemic or epidemic of the 80s and early 90s and the stigmas that inflamed against the LGBTQIA community during those times. Uh, what led you to being an ally to the community and like staying with the community and furthermore, especially in the public eye, what led you to including representation in a time like that in the 90s? Representation meaning on the, in the show? Nanny. Yeah, sorry, in the nanny. Yeah, you know, I don't know what um, it is about me that uh, always feels compelled to go to the mat for groups that are marginalized and um, you know, I guess being in show business, I had within the community a lot of gay friends. Uh, I mean, this was long before my husband realized he yes. was gay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I and I've always felt like if you are fortunate enough to become a celebrity, and you don't apply it to the greater good, then you're really wasting it. Yeah. So uh, I think that it was just a convergence of a lot of situations that um, were happening at the same time. Once the nanny became successful, you know, that was a great platform for me to be able to very subtly express some of the things that I was passionate about. And um, for example, you know, uh, in the 90s, there were very, very few shows that had racially integrated casts. And uh, I felt like our show was too white and I was determined to bring people of color into it. Um, and, um, I think that very early on the gay community embraced the series and there was a lot of, um, you know, viewing parties at the gay bars, a lot of Fran Fine lookalikes at Wigstock and Pride <laughs> Weeks and all of that. And uh, there was also um, during that time and uh, in the years to follow, you know, I think that the um, discussion of um, same-sex marriage was a, um, a, a, a subject of contention that was really kind of used to manipulate the public uh, to aligning themselves with one political party versus another, um, to get them to the polls. And uh, I remember I was doing a campaign for the ACLU and uh, the ACLU was encouraging me to speak out on uh, pro-choice. 
And I said, you know, I really want to speak out on same-sex marriage. And it was like uh, maybe really a couple of months at the most uh, prior to that becoming a very explosive conversation on the national broadcasts during, I think it was um, Bush 43 uh, campaign. And um, so in the end, even though the ACLU thought that um, taking a stance on pro-choice was at the time the most relevant uh, compromise of rights that they wanted to promote with a big celebrity. I'm glad I stood my ground because it was just moments after that, that they ran um, my part of this celebrity campaign because I think I was the only one that uh, took that particular position. And then it became like just headlines, not me, not my position on it, but the controversy of it. And so the ACLU, I think, was very happy that, you know, they kind of were ready to go with it. And we were a little bit, or I was a little bit ahead of the curve. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I'm Colleen. Great to meet you. Um, Hi. My question is more about some of the wonderful clothing that you used to wear on the show, <laughs> because part of our part of our podcast is to talk about the fashion episode that kind of closes the episode discussion. So um, I was wondering, is there anything on the show that you were, you, is there anything that you had any veto power over? Or how much say did you have in the, the types of clothes that Fran wore? Well, you know, first of all, I had the, I mean, look, I, I, was, I had something to say about everything. <laughs> I was the creator, I was the producer, I was the star, mm -hmm. you know, nothing really got past me and uh, I wasn't ever forced to do anything uh, that I did want to do. And most people, you know, were certainly open to hearing anything that I felt very strongly about beginning with suggesting that, you know, Brenda Cooper would be the designer of the show. We had worked together on a short-lived series prior to that. And I remember saying to Peter, if ever we really need to get somebody for a project of our own, she's the one to get. And we got her, you know, mm -hmm. nobody was gonna object to that. And then, uh, you know, she just had such a great sense of the humor of the show and the style of the show and preserving the nanny's um, sweetness because she was taking care of children. So she was sexy without being trashy or slutty. <laughs> and, uh, and then leveraging, you know, the great happening and up and coming designers of the day and then maybe tweaking it a little bit to give it our own juge. And she and Peter and I uh, and my manager Elaine every week would work together on the stuff that, you know, 
she would uh, pull and uh, we'd have hours and hours of wardrobe sessions and coming up with all kinds of ideas. And she has a great sense of humor. So in reading the script, that would kind of set her creative juices going on things that her department can do to mm-hmm. really complement the joke. <laughs> and uh, so it was a very dynamic marriage of creative forces that, uh, you know, and even the colors and uh, how all the different characters and their costumes blended and told a, um, you know, beautiful color story from scene to scene. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I don't really, I mean, I don't really think, except for maybe Sex in the City, that there has been another show that has not only impacted fashion so profoundly, but has endured the test of time as much as, you know, the nanny. Mm-hmm. Did you get to keep any of the clothes or some of the clothes? Uh, yeah, well, over the, yes. I mean, we're going back now. It ended in 99 and I did keep some of them. Uh, most of them don't fit anymore. <laughs> Many of them have been, uh, you know, picked up by different people like uh, the nanny exhibit, uh, that guy who's on Instagram, he likes to collect a lot of stuff and hopes to do a real exhibit someday with it. Um, But uh, I still have a couple of boots, maybe a few blouses, a couple of vests, maybe a jacket here and there, that's it. Uh, So, uh, you have your cancer schmancer uh, foundation that you run. What is your main goal there that you uh, want to well, achieve? Well, you know, in keeping, I mean, uh, you know, we're an organization that's uh, progressive in the sense that we pivot the focus on causation. So we uh, try and educate, motivate, and activate our followers to. Um, understand that how they live equals how they feel. And if you're not feeling well, or you're getting sick, or you have dis-ease, or you have cancer, you have to start really digging deeply into how you live because the home, it turns out, is the most toxic place we spend the most time in. And we have to start making different choices as consumers because we are eroding our precious immune system and that you know doesn't serve our bodies well and that is a very absent conversation currently on the national broadcast during this pandemic which I find extremely disappointing and so we're double downing on getting that message across to everyone that will listen that the reason why you know, some people get very sick and other people, you know, don't even catch it or asymptomatic has a lot to do with how healthy you are, whether you've been diagnosed or not. You are depleting your body with toxic exposures. 
and uh, you're polluting your body too. And that makes it very hard for you to um, be resistant to a cacophony of problems from autoimmune and inflammation, which is ground zero for cancer, to viruses like, you know, uh, COVID, um, the common cold, uh, the flu, a anything, everything has to do with our amazing, miraculous immune system that we don't know how to support, that we're not encouraged to uh, understand how we live equals how we feel. And we're mindlessly consuming things that are toxic from the foods we eat to the personal care items we use, including our oral hygiene, to the cleaning products, gardening products, it's extremely pervasive. And I encourage all of your listeners to go to cancerschmancer.org because, well, we have so many amazing programs from, you know, for a nominal donation, you can download our masterclass, which offers you an amazing array of very intelligent, outside of the box thinking doctors, authors, and experts. Uh, and that'll offer you a broad vision of some of the alternative options that are out there that may not even be on the menu at your regular doctor's office. That's one thing. The other thing is we immediately produced a COVID, uh, Corona Care for You it's called. And I did an interview series with very cutting edge doctors who have been very, you know, um, outspoken on very practical tips about how you can defend yourself against being vulnerable to the COVID-19 virus. And you may not see them on your national broadcast, but that's mainly because the national broadcasts, 80% of their ad dollars come from Big Pharma. So the pivot of focus mm -hmm. is to take the medicine but not look at how to get healthier and see this as an opportunity to examine our lives and start as a mass populace of getting healthier, of eating healthier. Mm -hmm. If you're not eating organic, if, you know, uh, if, if uh, Congress isn't supporting the family farmer and supporting industrial farms to convert to regenerative um, organic farming, you know, then we're wasting this opportunity to really look at that we're doing a lot wrong mm -hmm. and we can turn this ship around. Mm -hmm. And this is a great opportunity to turn lemons into lemonade and a negative into a positive and pain into purpose. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, can you, you can find all that at the Cancer Schmancer website? Yes. Great. It's all there. Perfect. And Including then the detox your own program. 
Okay, great. Oh, perfect. <laughs> well, I just wanted to know, do you ever watch the show back now? And do you have any favorite personal episodes of The Nanny? Uh, yes, always. I mean, you know, personal maybe for different reasons, mm. different times in my life, different people that guested on it. Um, but um i think that i mean there are some that have become very classic like the sushi eating scene when Francis <laughs> <Yes>. wasabi <laughs> and her her voice clears up suddenly and uh there was an episode where i played bobby fleckman on the show i hmm. i actually played uh I think Fran Drescher on the show. And so Fran Fine, uh, and we did a split screen with that. We did an episode where they put Lucille Ball uh, from the I Love Lucy show in a split screen with Fran Fine. I loved the um, Bette Midler episode. I loved the episode with Elizabeth Taylor and Rosie O'Donnell. I love the episode with um, uh, Elton John. Um, you know, it, I mean, there, there are just so, so many great ones. And then, you know, when we brought Ray Charles into the show as um, Grandma Yetta's fiance, you know, that was a great moment because from him we created a family which included a Whoopi Goldberg, Brian Gumbel, and Coolio. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can watch them on HBO Max unedited. So back to yeah, how that, they were intended. <laughs> and no commercial break. And no commercial. Which wasn't even in its original airing on prime time. This will be really the first time. You could totally just enjoy it. So yes. great. Yeah. Okay. We can't wait. We're so excited. And we know you have a very busy schedule. And so we're so grateful you taking the time to talk with us. And hopefully we can have you back again another time. And uh, if you do you have a social media that you'd like to share? Well, definitely go to official Fran Drescher on uh, IG. Cancer Schmanza too. And follow us because that is very helpful to us. And also, I'd like to encourage your listeners if they use Amazon, then uh, go to Smile at Amazon and mm -hmm. choose Cancer Schmancer as the recipient, a charity. It doesn't cost you anything, it comes totally out of Amazon's pocket. They can well afford it. <laughs> And it really does add up for us. So it's an, in, you know, it's, it's really, a, it doesn't cost you anything except the effort to go into the Amazon app and, uh, you know, find uh, the programs. And in programs is where you'll see uh, the smile at Amazon. Well, we'll definitely have all that information in the description so people can check it out. And this was such a thrill for us, Fran. Thank you so much. Thank you so You're much. You're so welcome. And tell HBO Max how 
happy you are that uh, they uh, took made the genius move to bring the nanny to them. Oh, we definitely will. And we encourage all of our <laughs> listeners to do the same. Uh, yeah, you. you know, because if they're happy, we're happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we hope you have a really great spring, uh, Easter uh, weekend and, and uh, in your spring season. And uh, like, hopefully we'll have you back on again sometime. Wonderful. Yeah, okay. we're doing, we're writing the nanny musical now. Yay. So, yay. <laughs> that'll be another reason for sure yeah right. awesome. we can't wait for all that right. take care you guys yay. all right thank you so much bye. Bye, bye bye we'd like to thank fran so much for coming on the Francast. this was an amazing experience and we're so grateful for the chance to talk with her and hopefully we get to have her on again sometime but let us know your thoughts of all the different things that we got to talk about and uh, your comments on twitter would be very much appreciated you can find us at frank cast 14 and let us know what you think of the hbo max episodes if you noticed any difference in the unedited that was an exciting reveal yes yes and uh, so larry where can people find you yes you can find me over on youtube as well as twitter and instagram all at lc screen talk great and colleen where can they find you you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lily44094. And our Francast Instagram is Francast1993. Great. You can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron Tomatoes. Please check that out. And uh, make sure you're following the Hallmarkies podcast. We've got lots of good stuff over there. Uh, all over social media and uh, if you're listening on itunes please leave your ratings and reviews we really appreciate it so much and uh, yeah we'll talk to you all later bye everyone